Hello, and welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Caitlin Tiffany Hello. and Ashley Carmen, that's me, examine all the choices technology forces us to make. And today, we're talking about why people still use Snapchat. Okay, so we realize that we talk a lot about Instagram on this show. It's one of our favorite topics. And we haven't really done many episodes slash any episodes specifically about Snapchat. There's an obvious reason for this. I remember four or five years ago when all of my friends were telling me to download Snapchat so that we could talk to each other. And now when I open the app, there's nothing. There's no stories. There's no people except for my one friend, Christy, which is the only reason I continue to open the app. So we want to know who is still using Snapchat and what are they using it for? But before we get into all that, we have to go back in time and figure out what made Snapchat so popular in the first place. You may have heard of an app for cell phones called Snapchat. Okay, essentially, let me tell you what it is. Turn now to the latest app that has caught fire with teens. It's called Snapchat. You send a photo to a contact and you set a time limit for how long the other person can see that photo. And then, boom, it automatically deletes. That's the point of the app. To help us start our story, we have The Verge's Silicon Valley editor, Casey Newton, who is the foremost chronicler of Snapchat's rise and fall and continued tentative life, I would say. So I think Snapchat owes its success to an insight that they had about human behavior, which is that it didn't make sense that all of our conversations with everyone stay around forever. And so in 2011, Evan Spiegel, Bobby Murphy, Reggie Brown, they're at Stanford. They really want to start a company. They want to do something around messaging. And they have this idea, like, what if messages just disappeared at the end? And I think part of that was absolutely people sharing nudes. But it was also just the kids that were part of the first generation of Snapchat had grown up in a world where their parents had the passcode to their phone and were reading through their text messages every day, making sure they weren't joining a gang or doing ecstasy, (laughs) which is what my mother would have been doing if I were that age and the smartphones existed. And all of a sudden, they could just be like, sup, girl? And like, mom wouldn't know about it. And it was a stroke of genius. Worldwide, more than 20 million different sometimes compromising, embarrassing, and yes, even explicit photos are shared every day. All right. So beyond that, though, Casey, what other features kept people on Snapchat? So Snapchat really has been one of the, if not the best innovator in social products, in my opinion, since about you know 2011 when it founded. They also had this really cool product around lenses. Like they sort of brought augmented reality filters to the forefront. But then they had this other really killer innovation, which was stories. It was an image or a video that was kind of like a snap that you might send to a friend, except it was public and anyone could see it and anyone could comment on it. When Snap released this, it just did gangbusters. People loved sharing this way. So Snapchat had sort of invented the next generation version of Facebook. Right. And Mark Zuckerberg has been known to buy his competitors. He bought Instagram and WhatsApp. So it made sense that he would want to buy Snapchat. Yeah. So in 2013, Mark Zuckerberg offers Evan Spiegel $3 billion for Snapchat, which at the time many people said is an absolutely crazy number. But you have to keep in mind, Mark Zuckerberg is maybe the most paranoid business leader in American industry. Like he knows that people will leave any of his apps 
given basically the slightest prompting, right? (laughs) And it's been a challenge of his entire career at Facebook to figure out how do you make this thing sticky? How do you you get people coming back over and over again? Because it turns out basically every social app is just a fad. It's just kind of a novelty that wears off. And so he looks at Snapchat coming down the pike and he sees the demographic that's using it. And it's all people who hopped on Snapchat before they ever got on Facebook. And so all of a sudden there's this risk that the next generation will never adopt Facebook at all. But Evan Spiegel, Snap CEO, did not sell to Facebook. And I think uh, everybody here knows what Facebook did after that. Or could guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you can't beat them in Silicon Valley, you copy them. So they clone stories. Instagram now doing disappearing stories, much like Snapchat. You can Instagram. It'll last for 24 hours. Instagram has just launched a brand new feature in the form of a short video story lasting up to 24 hours. Sound familiar? That's because it is. So Instagram stories comes out. It's basically a direct ripoff of Snapchat. Quite obvious. These are stories that are ephemeral. They go away after 24 hours. You can see a list of everyone who's looked at them. There's even a little bubble list at the top, exactly like Snapchat. What is going on at Snapchat when this goes down? So the first thing that companies do whenever anybody copies them is they put out this statement where they say, you know, we welcome the competition and we're just glad that they're validating the space. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that was basically what Snapchat said publicly. And then they started to look at their daily average user numbers. And at first they plateaued and then they started to dip. Like this was the existential crisis for Snapchat. And I think because Facebook had tried to clone and kill them so many times before, they had probably gotten a little cocky. And so when it started to work, I think they were all caught by surprise. All right. So basically what you're trying to tell us, Casey, is that Because Facebook ripped off Snapchat on Instagram, that's the reason why people aren't using Snapchat as much anymore. It was really bad. Snap has been trying to dig out of this hole ever since, and they've never really recovered. At the same time, there is a generation of people who were in high school and maybe college at the height of Snap's success who are still using it. The thing about messaging apps is they're incredibly sticky. If all your friends are on there, you're going to keep using it. And Snap continues to be that app for a lot of people. Where it's had a lot of trouble is in finding that next group of users. Although, I, I got to tell you, like Evan Spiegel and his team can still pull a rabbit out of a hat. It was not that long ago that they introduced a new filter that will turn your face into the opposite gender or a baby. And I read a story that said that people were so excited for this filter that Snapchat had something like 40 million downloads in a week. You know, this is an app that only has a couple hundred million users in a month, maybe. So it just goes to show you that these things are all very flimsy and fragile. And even though like networks can kind of unwind really quickly, they can also come back together really quickly. It's just all about, you know, who can come up with that next fad that's really going to captivate people. The thing we should note here is like, as Casey mentioned, when Instagram copied Snapchat, it decimated Snapchat. Instagram has a billion users. Mm-hmm. It has 500 million people using Instagram stories alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poor Snapchat went public. So that means it has to share its user numbers. And actually, it just had its last quarterly earnings call 
and it's doing better than it was. But still, compared to Instagram, Snapchat only has a little bit over 200 million daily active users. Right. I mean, they're growing, but they're growing so slow, you know? They're growing like um, a rosebush planted in like a cracked hole in the desert. And it's really sad because every investor's call, they'll say like, we redesigned our Android app and we promise this time it's going to get more users. And it's like, <laughs> all right, guys, I mean, okay. I do want to note, like, Snapchat, though, has not thrown in the towel. It is still trying to develop interesting products. They mm-hmm. recently introduced, like, landmark augmented reality where you can, like, project a rainbow spitting out of the Flatiron building. Like, gimmicky stuff, but their AR features actually are really advanced. It's wild, though, because Snapchat filters will have moments, like the hot dog filter. That was a thing, the dancing hot dog. That was a moment where everyone wanted to use the dancing hot dog. What a cutie. The puppy dog filter. Everyone wanted the puppy dog filter. Mm -hmm. The baby filter. Facebook and Instagram are actually really behind there. They haven't had a viral hit like that. All this to say that this is, um, while we have enjoyed talking about IPOs and daily average users, this is not a business show. No. This is a story about human beings. Yes, Humans, blood, hearts. Yeah, simmer down. (laughs) Clearly, there are people who are still using Snapchat because we know that millions of people have downloaded it and the company, you know, still exists. So we're going to talk to a few of them about what the heck they're doing and can explain the real value of Snapchat to a couple of doubters. That's us. A couple tech reporters who just hear the quarterly earnings calls and are like, yeesh. Okay. So first things first, I took a little trip to upstate New York. By a little trip, I mean I was on the train for seven and a half hours, specifically to interview my sisters. My name is Kim, and I'm Caitlin's sister. I'm 20 years old, and I'm going to be a junior in college. I'm Sophie, I am 17, and I'm going to be a college freshman. So my sisters and I used to have a group in Snapchat. I was not the most active participant. We used to have a sister's group snap, and you didn't open them. Eventually, they just stopped Snapchatting me and continued Snapchatting each other, and I deleted the app. A horrible story, but this is how I knew they would have thoughts. Like, what the freak? I use it to talk to my friends and send funny videos and photos. Sometimes I use it to talk to boys. I definitely used it at one of my friend's graduation parties yesterday because my friend wasn't there yet, so I didn't want to talk to the people that were there, so I just checked Snap Stories. They both use Snap Maps, the location-sharing feature that has your little Bitmoji guy on there and shows all your friends where you are. This explains why Sophie never accepted my request to share locations in Find My Friends. I do use Snap Map. Really, the only person that I check their location is my sister, Kim, because like sometimes I don't know if she's home or not. And then other times my mom asks where she is, and so I have to check where she is on Snap Map. As I feared, they're hanging out without me all the time and they're getting so candid it's like all bathroom humor yeah so there's a person that I sometimes have a streak with and her name is my sister Lauren Tiffany I still can't believe you have so many sisters she's actually really weird on snapchat because the only snaps that she sends is when she's at work pooping (laughs) also I do still have a streak with Lauren and she's also a big fan of telling you a story in real life and then sending you the same story on a video on snapchat even though she literally just told it to you 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Videos of herself sitting in the car complaining about work. Lauren's going to be really mad about this. Well, shouldn't <laughs> snap without expecting it to go on the record. That's exactly when you're supposed <laughs> to snap. It's when you don't want it on the record. 
Yeah, I think this is key here. The snap streaks are super sticky. People really care about them. And there's no like equivalent of that on Instagram. None. So I think I have about 10 snap streaks. My longest one is 880 days. And it's with a boy that I was friends with in high school. And I'm still kind of friends with. And our only contact really is Snapchat. But it really keeps our bond together. I guess you could say that snap streaks are a real signal of your friendship. Because sometimes when I get into fights with my friends, they purposely ignore the Snapchats I send them to break our streaks. So I know that they're (laughs) they're mad at me instead of them actually saying something to me. I actually already knew that snap streaks were super important to Kim because... Last winter, when she and her boyfriend broke up, she called me. We were talking on the phone, and she said something really shocking, which is that they hadn't broken their snap streak despite not speaking to each other in any other way. We started a snap streak probably a year before we were dating, and then we dated for eight months, and then I was too heartbroken to end our snap streak. So I made him promise me that we wouldn't end our snap streak. And then one day, We both forgot to Snapchat each other, and it ended, and I emailed Snapchat and asked them to bring it back, and I'm really embarrassed about it. And then the next day, I said, why the freak did I do this, and I lost the streak. That sounds torturous. I know. Torturous. Can you imagine being young? When I break up with someone, I don't even want to check in and be like, you left your books at my house. Like, I want to never speak to them again. Well, I don't want to get into how I've handled that, but (laughs) (laughs) I definitely wouldn't continue snap No, absolutely not. But Sophie, always the more reserved, disaffected, distant of my sister says it's a little less dramatic than that. I used to have a snap streak with my friend Cassie that was like, almost at two years and then she deleted Snapchat and I was really mad at her. I was like, what the heck? And then she was like, I was bored of Snapchat. And then that was basically the end of that conversation, but I'm over it now. As Casey mentioned before, when Snapchat came out, parents were super freaked about the possibilities of teens sending nudes. That's kind of the perennial like internet freak out. Nudes! Yeah, it's like product introduced. How can this be abused for nudes? My sisters, believe it or not, said this year was totally founded. One time, this boy from our school sent dick pics to at least 30 women, and I think that he got arrested. He used someone else in the school's name as a cover-up so they would think it was the other person. Joke's on him because he's uncircumcised, so everyone knew it was him. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, be cool. We have parents listening to this show. Snapchat became popular when Kim was in middle school, At the time, Sophie was too young for it, so she kind of missed its peak and is more of an Instagram kid. And when she goes to college in the fall, she doesn't think that she'll use snap streaks to keep in touch with her friends. Me and my friends mostly communicate through Instagram DMs. We have like a lot of variations of different group chats on there for like the different subgroups of our friends that like different things. We had J Smacks, which had Jacqueline in it, and then we had Trump Sucks, which is where we sent political stuff that she wouldn't have agreed with. But Kim is still a Snapchat diehard because she thinks it's the best place to express herself and get the response she wants. It doesn't have to be like this planned out, edited photo that I take time to look nice in because all these important people are going to see it and it's up there for them to see all the time. People follow too many people on Instagram to pay attention to my specific story and I need my story to be paid attention to. Okay, 
Your sisters have shared many great tidbits here. <laughs> many. I knew they would come. This through. is a cherished interview, and why'd you push that button, history? <laughs> so that's how kids are still using Snapchat. But we also came across a very important use case in an adult community, which is when you need to send a nude, but you don't want to send it on a dating app. Right, because that's permanent. And you don't know these people on dating apps. So when we get back, we are going to interview someone about how Snapchat augments the experience of a dating app. We are back and we spoke to a Why'd You Push That Button listener named Nick who loves using Snapchat to send flirty pics. Some people on dating sites kind of require you to have a Snapchat, I guess, to like verify yourself or maybe because they don't like use the dating app chat feature. And I also use it because it's a good way to send thoughty pics to a lot of people quickly. (laughs) The dating site he is specifically referencing here is a gay dating app called Grinder, and it is a very unique place. There's a lot of catfishing that goes on there or, you know, maybe catfishing with your own pics, but just from like five years ago. A lot of profiles you'll actually see, you know, 25 or under or around that age, like in their profile will say like, you know, my Snapchat's whatever, or sometimes it'll even say like, I don't read messages on here, like my Snapchat's whatever. And it's like, okay. As everyone knows, Caitlin and I use the dating apps where it's super common for people to put their Instagram handle in their bios or link directly to it. But Instagram does not work for Grindr. So Grindr is definitely more of a sketchy place. It's more of a less personal space than Tinder. So, you know, Tinder, it's your name. You know, it lists your job sometimes. It lists where you went to college. Many people on Grindr don't even have pictures of their face. And so I think it's a little bit lower stakes to reach out to me on Snapchat instead of reaching out to me on Instagram where you can see all my friends and like maybe my mom. Hearing about Snapchat, like in its infancy, it was like, oh yeah, that's just an app to send nude. Snapchat is great for nudes, mostly because people have set it aside as the nudes app. There are people that text like slutty pictures too, but like if I send it to you on Snapchat, like you are going to be like, "Mm, I'm not going to open this in my work meeting, you know? Whereas like if I text it to you, you might be like, "Uh, I was in the elevator, you know? My boss saw that over my shoulder, you know what I mean? Nick has actually built a pretty impressive community around sending his flirty pics because he used Grindr for dates, Tumblr for friends, and Snapchat to keep in touch with both the great unifier. There are people that I've never met, you know, maybe we met on Tumblr or Twitter and we communicate, if not every day, for sure every week on Snapchat by sending each other like a couple like, you know, in the morning, here's me in my underwear or like, I'm getting ready, like just getting out of the shower, you know, like sending some like thoughty pics back and forth. And like, that's, you know, we've, it's gone on for years that way. Also, like, it's efficient to sending 20 pics, like, in 20 different messages. I can just be like, boop, 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 here you go. I mean, I can think of there's a guy that for four years, probably two or three times a week, I'll get, like, a woke up like this mirror selfie, like, nude in the morning. You know, like, sometimes there's, like, conversations that go with it. But then there are other people, like, it's like we just exchange photos. Nick lives in the Midwest. Shout out, Midwest. He's not part of the urban millennial coastal bubble. And he says Snapchat is a gay internet essential no matter where you live. I think it is a utility in my section of the internet. Like, gay internet still uses Snapchat. I don't think it's a geographic thing, though. 
Incredible. I Congratulations, Snapchat. I love that we got a Midwesterner on the show. I love that Nick uses Snapchat to keep in touch with his Tumblr friends. Like, you really need to have a backup. <laughs> Tumblr's going down any day. It's wild that Snapchat can, like, be the place where you send nudes, but you can also totally silo it off and be like, oh, no, this is also the place where I just talk to my friends who like the same memes as I do. Mm-hmm. When this whole Snapchat panic happened, I was like, there's no way people are using Snapchat for news. Like, come on. And now I'm ready to just say it. It's the Nudes app. (laughs) Your sisters know it's the Nudes app. Nick knows it's the Nudes app. But hear me out here. Mm -hmm. I don't think Snapchat can solely exist in this world for the nudes. You're right. Even people who look real good naked can't take nudes like every single day. You can't monetize nudes. It takes too long. (laughs) So far, we've been talking about features of Snapchat that successfully connect people. But I think we should also talk about how people use Snapchat to avoid people. How dare they? I know. So we spoke to Mahek, a college student who is currently studying abroad in London and Skyped us at a very late hour for herself. A Snapchat hour. I live in the Bay Area and I go to school in Berkeley. Because I live in like a college area where I'm constantly running into other students, that's why I use Snap Maps to like make sure I'm not like running into someone I don't want to be running into. Snap Maps make life as a teen so much more seamless. This I actually am jealous of. I wish I had had this power as a teen. I mean, I love my roommates, but sometimes you just need your personal space. And sometimes I check Snap Maps to see if they were in the apartment before going home, because then I could decide if I like wanted to stay at a coffee shop and just kind of do my own thing there. Kind of like be alone in public versus like go home and like have company. If there's a get together and there's someone I had like a falling out with. So what I like to do is kind of go on Snap Maps and check who's already there. And on that basis, like I'll be like, okay, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. And that just kind of gives you like a really easy gauge without having to call some or text someone and be like, oh, like who's there right now? Because that feels kind of obnoxious. But this like gives me the independence of just being able to check who's there. Obviously, these tools can backfire. It's very hard to, like, lie about where you are. I have to, like, remember to, like, put on ghost mode sometimes where I, like, when if I just want to, like, hibernate. Otherwise, people will know that I'm, like, not actually busy. These features are only useful if most people that you know are also using them. Mahek says that's still the case. Snapchat usage probably has decreased, but it's still frequent enough that the Snap Maps method has still been fairly accurate for me. Like my sisters, she doesn't see Instagram versus Snapchat as an either-or situation. She's not a business reporter. She needs both for different tasks. My Instagram story was definitely a more like filtered and broadcasty version of what I was sending to people on Snapchat. Or even the people I have on my Snapchat is definitely a much more curated list versus Instagram is kind of like everyone I have ever met. There's a sort of intention when it comes to putting Instagram stories. And I think a big feature of that, too, is the fact that you can post pictures on your Instagram stories that were taken prior and make it seem as if it's current. Whereas with Snapchat, it is a lot more instantaneous. Like when it comes to the people I know, like watching their Instagram stories versus their Snapchat stories, it can sometimes feel like two different people. Unlike my sister's. Mahag hates snap streaks and thinks they're just for immature preteen boys. I've gotten my fair share of like just like a blank screen with like streaks written on it. And seeing that Snapchat irritates me to like no end. I don't understand the point, especially like middle schoolers and younger people where they would just send like a picture of the floor or like a completely blank, dark picture. 
boys typically middle school boys have this like weird tendency to like send black screens with just like streaks written on it with like the fire emoji or the hundred emoji and that's it I think it's some kind of social capital to like have a bunch of streaks like I remember like in high school I'd like look at someone's phone and they'd have like 300 day streaks with like 50 different people to me that just it just stresses me out You know, one thing we didn't explicitly spell out was that the reason streaks have been so contentious is because they are designed purely to gamify the app. Right. Which helps you form a habit with the app and gets you hooked in. Mm -hmm. It makes you want to keep coming back. And oftentimes, that feels really crappy. Snap also has a feature that involves digital trophies, which is basically if you do certain things on the platform like send 10 snaps using the hot dog filter or something, you'll get a trophy for it that lives in the app. It's literally just an icon. Oh. Yeah. It's silly stuff. But, like, a lot of people are motivated by this idea that they can unlock things and discover things. Like, that motivates a lot of people. I feel you. I played Neopets. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm not one of those people, right? So I Snapchat my friend, Christy, but, like, occasionally we'll have streaks. I don't feel a need to keep up with them. Mm Mm-hmm. We lose it. It's okay. But I wanted to find someone who is into the Snapchat gamified universe and cannot escape it. Oh, my gosh. And that person is Veronica, a woman in her late 20s living in San Francisco. So I've had Snapchat since December 2012. Originally, I know it was a big thing in college and everyone was kind of on it, just sending random selfies and stuff. And then there was a couple of years there where everyone kind of stopped using it and so did I. But then once they kind of revamped the whole app and added like the news aspects of it and all the fun filters, maybe like two or three years ago, I got back into it. And ever since then, I've just been, you know, keeping up all my streaks and trying to get all those Snapchat trophies and playing all those little games that they have. And now I'm just like still very obsessed with it, even though I know the usage has definitely been dying down compared to Instagram stories and all that. She says Snap offers things that Instagram doesn't. I feel like Instagram is so filtered, you know, where it's like, oh, is this lighting good? Is this filter good? Like, do people really care about this post? And Snapchat can just be so unfiltered and you can literally just post like a random dog on the street and people are like, oh, cute dog. And it's just like a nice way of interacting without having to like think about what you're putting out there. And she never intended to get hooked. Just kind of became, you know, people who I chat with regularly or send Snapchats to regularly and it kind of would start to build. And next thing you know, you know, you have a 20 day streak or a hundred day streak and you're like, oh, how long can we keep this going? And it becomes this whole source of accountability because you're like, you know, with different time zones and all that, or even if you're traveling, it just almost is like this whole another just fun way to keep that connection going. But now she's a streak's Fiend. I currently have four long streaks. My longest is with my good friend, Justin, who lives in San Diego. So we don't really see each other a lot. But with him, it's become kind of a running joke because he, his mom works in the airline industry. So he travels a lot. And so he is like consistently in a different time zone. And he'll always like joke like, oh, we're going to lose our streak soon. And I'm just like, don't you dare because ours is almost a thousand now. But we've never come close to losing it, which is great. And her friends are dedicated to the streaks cause too. My funnier streak is with my 
good friend, Danielle, who lives in Chicago. And so she's married with a daughter now. And so with her, it's been really great just to see her daughter grow up day to day. But I gave her kind of a break one day because she was literally giving birth. And I was like, Danielle, if this is the one day we lose it, you know, I totally understand. Like, obviously, you're giving birth. (laughs) And she actually went so in the other direction with Snapchatting me like every hour. And I was like, you know what? You should probably just focus on giving birth. Like, it's too much. This girl kept her streak up through giving birth. What the heck? That is so much dedication. I don't know anyone in my life who's that dedicated to me. That would be like, you know what, girl? I'm giving birth right now. Take out the phone, send a pic. And while we all admire her for this, Veronica acknowledges that life can be hard sometimes and streaks aren't always top of mind. It was just a day I think maybe I had taken a long nap or I just wasn't really paying attention to my app and I just log in and my Snapchat streak with my friend Danielle had just, it was just gone. It was just like no numbers, no smiley faces. And at that point, I think it had been like 600 or so. So I was like, I am in trouble. Like this girl gave birth and she didn't lose the streak. And I was like taking a nap. So I emailed, I think they have a support system within the app and I emailed them and I kind of explained the situation. And I was like, listen, like I really need the streak back. Because I've seen like teenagers do the same thing. And I was like, I know this works sometimes. And so they actually brought it back. And it was really nice because I would have been in trouble. Okay. Now this makes it that multiple people on this podcast have emailed Snapchat about their streaks. (laughs) And that Snap actually responds. It's so wild to me. No one is that interested in Instagram that they're going to email them about things like that. Anyway, Veronica says because she doesn't want to have to email again, she will periodically remind her friends about their streak. What I found mostly is that either it just dies on its own and you're just not cut out for that kind of Snapchat relationship. Because, you know, certain people, it's like you'll hit that 30-day mark and then you get the hourglass and then I either text them or Snapchat them. And then if they can't remember constantly, it's just kind of not worth doing. But what I found mostly is that people who actually live in my area, who I actually see day-to-day a lot, are the hardest Snapchat streaks to maintain because you're just always together and it's like there's almost no reason to send all these Snapchats. Like, this is like the biggest issue I have with my Snapchat streak with my boyfriend because we'll be like doing the same stuff and then we're like, oh shoot, we have to Snapchat this because our streak will die. Somehow, through all of this, Veronica's takeaway is that she wants more streaks notifications. (laughs) She literally wants more of them and I just want her to be free. They never really warn you about it. Like you have to be in the app and just happen to notice it. I am that dedicated. (laughs) Sophie said that too. She was like, I forget about my streaks because Snapchat doesn't notify you. Who are these people? I'm glad we did this episode. I learned that basically everyone in my life has this secret second life on Snapchat. I re-downloaded the app because I was feeling excluded by my sisters. And it was just a slew of of the what are, the Bitmoji heads. It's like mm. everybody I know is using this. You're right, actually. It is totally a secret second life. Because Instagram, the stories, like, yes, they absolutely copied Snapchat to a T with the stories. Mm-hmm. But it's just become, instead of the grid, you just post the stories. And it's like the same thing, essentially. Right. Like, everyone sees it, whatever. And now, Snapchat just has a better messaging feature. I will never use Instagram to send a video or photo directly. It just doesn't work as well. Something about Snapchat is just better. 
and it is all secret and it's all just people you're really close with. They do also still have like those blockbuster moments we were talking about, like the baby filter or the the gender swap filter, which first of all is like kind of problematic. Yeah, it's like I, a weird I just choice. avoided getting into that, but, but it was so popular. Mm-hmm. My roommate forced me to do it while we were watching the World Cup, and then when we started talking about this episode, was like earlier in the spring, like, after it came out, and Snapchat was like, yeah, low-key, like, 42 million people downloaded the app this month when we released this weird filter, which was almost three times as high as the number of people who downloaded it the month before. That's a crazy spike. And then the strange behavior started happening. I'm guilty of this, where people will use the filter on Snapchat, save the thing to their phone, and then post it on Instagram. Right. Oh, man. Instagram's such a vampire. It's wild. But they can't really, like, play on on Snapchat's turf because, like, Instagram's just not going to release a gender swap filter. Like, they're just too put together for that. And I just think it's tough to identify that X factor with Snapchat. But something about it, clearly, like, there's multiple things here. But it's just you can't can't get rid of it. I know. I'm back. (laughs) I want snaps of my sister talking to me from the toilet. Yes, we are. It's wild because we've known each other for nearly four years now. And in those four years, we've never snapped. Ooh, that's going to be our first snap. I don't know how we're going to, like, establish the tone of our snap friendship because we're already connected on so many other platforms. I'm nervous. All right. Check back with us in a little while. Okay. That's it for us on this episode. As always, you can email us, button at theverge.com. You can find Caitlin on Twitter at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. You can find me on Instagram, not Snapchat, at Ashley Carmen. Thank you to our producers, Andrew Marino and Zach Mack. We also want to thank Gautam Shrikashen, who does our scoring and mixing. All right, that is it for us. We will be talking to you again next week. Bye. Bye.